0: Airbnb, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com/slash host.
2: I remember being on a horse one day, Des, jumping over the supermarket trolley was great. You
1: both had like smooth, calm (laughs) lives. Steady steady careers <laughs> yeah, yeah. Regular oh, income you. <laughs> Regular income And then I came along And fucked it all up I'm going to do my own eulogy So
3: if I ever get sick in the future I'm going to record a video of myself Pre-record I'm going to do my eulogy And I'm just going to fucking blow smoke up my own eyes for half an hour <laughs> <laughs> I was a
2: lovely man <laughs> We got back a long way Will Me and you We got back a good good few years Both our comedy careers Started at the very very same time via the yep. means of New York's finest Mr. Des Bishop been enjoying the hood
3: was I not a week ahead of you
2: <laughs> you were actually actually that's right yeah because you, you were st- in America yeah 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 that, and that was the whole thing when we shot the show and that's I nearly lost my place on the show because of that I had <laughs> the, I suppose the thing that's that Stood me out from everyone else in the Bally One episode was the fact that you had, I, a, job. I was, <laughs> had a job, yeah. I had a good job, and I was wearing slack. I remember going to the audition with slacks on, like, yeah, going on yeah. Journal, and there's going, going, what the fuck is this, bro? And I was like, I, always, I heard it was an audition, and was like, yo, you, you're not what I expected, like, you know, so <laughs> I said, I had sweeping generalizations, Desi, sweeping generalizations, and we just had a chat, and then, uh, 15 minutes. I remember, I remember actually going in that day and I didn't know just me, like there was no mention remember there was no mention of Des Despec- no mm. you would have known but when I heard about the auditions there was yeah. no mention of Despec- well, did, you not, did you not know it was him? No.
3: No. so where did, so where uh, did you Willow. hear
2: about the audition? my missus Willow- mean, Willow- was walking around Ballymun Shopping Santa she seen a little poster on a window and it said do you fancy stand up comedy would you like to uh, do some stand up comedy workshops if so go to the access uh, between the hours of 12 o'clock and 6pm on such and such a day and she rang me and I remember in work she rang me she goes Anyway, you know, hey, you're funny enough. And, all. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you, yeah, yeah, you're, you're, yeah, oh gosh, yeah, gosh, yeah, I'm yeah, hilarious.
3: But I, I mean, I stop suppose, laughing when I'm me, really. <laughs> and
2: Stop laughing at me when I'm in bed with you. By the way, you look hilarious. But I, like, I suppose in, in in like going back to where you thought you were funny. Like, I never, I never even knew, I'd never even been to a stand-up comedy gig. I, I was like, how do you even get into comedy? How do you become a comedian? So when I mean, we missed yeah. seeing that that poster. She told me, and I says, right, I'm going to go down and give that a go. Went into the axis. There was three or four girls there handing me these leaflets to. Finished these five sentences in a humorous kind of way. Your name and address and all that. And I'm looking at them going, right, do you know want me to tell you a joke or not? Yeah, like, do you
3: want me to go back out so we can go to the door and go knock, knock? <laughs> yeah, it's lovely, you know.
2: And she says, no, it's upstairs now for an interview. And I'm going, what, a bleeding interview? What the fuck is this? And then I walk up into the room. There's Des. And my Casey, the producer, and That's all these mad. cameras. And I kind of knew Des because the big TV show that just shot him through the stratosphere was the Des bishop Walk experience, That's remember? right, yeah, 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 yeah. And he became a big household name because of that. So I was kind of looking around going, You're that American fella? And he was like, yo, that's where I'm going to all right all
3: right was that when he had the speech? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: and then he did the speech, remember. Um, and then he just told me what it was. And I was like, wow, okay, right. And we chatted for 15, 20 minutes and he asked me what I thought was funny about Ballymore what I thought was funny about my own life, all that kind of stuff. Right. And then he said, right, we'll let you know in the next week or so whether you can have it or not. And then I got a phone call a week later saying, yeah, you're there. And I was like, yeah. oh, yeah.
3: Yeah, that's mad because it was a completely different intro for me. Like, So I never seen any of them signs or anything like that that you were talking about. I kind of got a nudge and a wink that it was going to happen. Like, yeah. But... It it wasn't a it wasn't a give that I was getting in like. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like right. I was how look, you gotta come out like everyone else. You gotta go to the you audition, audition and so do to that speak. Thing. Yeah. And you gotta come up and if the producers, he says it's not, down to me, even though I'm you know, the the the, the front, the, the of the front show. like yeah. and um, you've you've gotta come up and do it. And I remember going up and <laughs> auditioning at the time and I was in my walk clothes as it's on the telly and just having a bit of crack and talking about Ballymun and but I didn't know the other side. I didn't know how you got in. But I suppose when you think about it, if it'd been advertised, you know, with Dez's name. I'd say the place it'd have been
2: packed. I mean, like X Factor or something. Yeah. yeah so I'll it leave. was
3: it was great the way it kind of turned out.
2: And but quite a lot did turn up though. But I, um, I think Dez told me that it was like a, at least a hundred people turned up that day, to to try and uh, audition for it. And he ended up picking six or seven of us. And then five of us were only featured then at the end when the broadcast went out. But as you said, I wasn't able to start the filming with you it was because I had a job. I had a proper proper job. And yeah, I was in yeah. Las Vegas. Yeah. And I, I was kind of and there is that cringy scene where you see me coming into the group after you have already formed a bond. Yeah. You look
3: so young and I Oh,
2: no, don't When you see when you look back on YouTube now you go, yeah. And even me, like what, yeah.
3: well, look at it's what, seventeen years ago, is yeah, it?
2: Yeah, yeah. It was a, like long, it was long, a long time. Long ago. It was a long, long time ago. Yeah, a lifetime ago. And 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 walking into that group and I remember I felt like a, a new kid in school because use it as use it all formed your bonds. Use and some of us knew each other. I didn't know anybody. I didn't know. Yeah, Dad, I,
3: didn't knew, know David I knew. Well, I knew. I knew. I knew Dan and I knew uh, and I knew Anto.
2: Yeah.
3: I didn't really know the rest of them. How I didn't you? know Dave. I didn't yeah. know uh, what's her name Donna, Donna. And I didn't know yeah. um, Gary Gary Yeah. Oh look, I didn't know them. Like yeah. you know, so Is it's a guy that you still remember their names.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, it is. Yeah, it's great. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm like, and then just that first day of meeting you and coming in, and you you said to me there a while ago, going, All you he had was this prick coming in from <laughs> Las Vegas. He was on a business trip. You were like, Who's this, young <laughs> Yeah, <in." laughs>
3: yeah. No, it was. It was, yeah, uh, it, it, it was mad. And the friendships that kind of formed from that, and even, you know, you're talking about your job. Look, I remember when we used to be doing gigs, I used to be going out and collecting you. Yeah. At your job, do you know what I mean? I'd be sitting outside in the car, you'd be like, Quick, get in, get in. Do you know what I mean? And we'd be going off to Cork or we'd be going wherever we'd be going and Well that was, yeah, the start when we the start.
2: We, we we were we were very we were
3: spoiled very quickly at the start
2: because Very, very quickly. Because Dad's brought us on tour with him. And like yeah. some of our first gigs voila, were were Street, the Cork Opera House, U L. Like some of the best venues in the country you
3: remember, you remember we'd run the marquee were at the marquee in for 5,000 people and we're going out like that <laughs> yeah, he's a, uh, yeah. Do I you know only know have five minutes <laughs> like, when, you, when you think about that and then to kind of be gigging with the rest of the lads like the you know Kevin yeah, obviously from Cork Martin, Martin. Um, and all the other lads that was on it it was it was a journey for everybody but I mean and I'm not kind of going we kind of stayed Continuously going and continuously going. Some of the lads, uh, st- it don't stand up and and just not very quickly, but over time just kind of dropped off and yeah, kind of going, them, suppose. Yeah. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm going to do something else or whatever, like you know.
2: We were lucky, I suppose. We we got the breaks when when the but you Also have to seize the moment as well when you get the breaks and and I think we did our right in some of those gigs and um. But it's I mean like it's. You look back at it now, very funny. Especially those first couple of years. Well, when we start doing the open spots around the country, around Galway, Cork, <laughs> like, they're, like the fucking four corners of the country, yeah. in, in your in your car, driving way over the speed limit, yeah. always. Sometimes an ass so hanging out funny, the window. Ni- so funny,
3: nineteen ninety two <sighs> Corolla Estate. Do you remember we used to be overtaking like seven series BMWs? <laughs> way Maybe not at like that. <laughs> Smoked. <laughs> Yeah, Fast and the Furious, yeah Oh, stop but, uh, And even when we started the comedy club Yeah The House of Fun Comedy Club in Ballymoon And the acts that we had there and
2: Like, when you look back on that, Will Like, they say to any new, new comedian When you're starting out Get as many gigs as you can And it's very really hard to get gigs So what you it do is-, is you create your own gigs You create your own comedy club Yeah We were very lucky the acts allowed us Put a comedy club in there once a month House of Fun Comedy Club And we had everyone all the big hitters were out there. Sarah Milliken. Sarah Milliken. Yeah. Jesus. Before, Christ. before she even hit the stratosphere, but we knew we knew she was going to be yeah, a superstar. Yeah, she was brilliant. And she was amazing. Um oh, but I remember it was a hard sell that one because she wasn't yeah. the superstar she is now. But we She knew. got a great crowd. Oh no, she did, yeah. But she but if you remember in the in the in the lobby of the Axis uh where you were you at a reception where you book tickets they had a telly with Sarah Millican live at the Apollo on continuous loop all day. I'd say the receptions were going off that bleeding head. Yeah, yeah, Doing the routine. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Back yeah. To With back, a joy yeah. accent yeah. and a
3: filthy moat. Yeah, but she she was brilliant. And she's gone on to do amazing things. She's like, a superstar. You know, and uh, yeah. Geroad, obviously, Geroad yeah. has is at the minute actually... Um, Doing, doing support for her and has for and a he, he willing, does support for Joanne
2: McNally as well and, and
3: he's done support for John Rivers yeah yeah I mean, she's off the smokes now yeah. isn't she she's off
2: the smokes a few years yeah, now yeah. Yeah. Um, well, he's, uh,
3: yeah but he's doing he's doing great himself he's got an amazing show
2: yeah and uh, he has Glamour, uh, Glamour, Glamour Hammer. Glamour Hammer and he yeah. has his own podcast with Nev Kavanagh
3: in your eyes
2: yeah. um, what was I going to say to you and uh, another guest Tommy Tiernan we had Tommy Tiernan with PJ, was amazing Jason Deirdre O'Kane, all the big hairs. We had every single one of them.
3: it's yeah, great yeah. Neil Delamere. Yeah. They all, they all wanted to do with Arlo Lohan Barry Murphy.
2: It was mental. Like we, 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 we were so lucky. Um, that, and I think after a while we got a little bit pissed off with the people at Ballymore because we were like, you not do you not trust us anymore? Like we were, we yeah, were bringing in comedians yeah. that weren't maybe superstars. Yeah, yeah. But they were brilliant comedians, and the tickets wouldn't sell because we'd have to fucking, you know, yeah. unless unless they were on the telly, we're not getting a ticket for them. Like, you know.
3: Oh, I know, I hear you. So the person that brought us to that fame.
2: Oh, what about him? What's his name again? Bishop Brennan. Yeah. No, hey, hang on. Bishop Eamon. No. There's D- De- Bishop. Desmond Bes Bi- there's Bishop. New yeah, York's yeah. finest. You know what we should do?
3: What? Have
2: a chat.
3: What do you mean have a chat? With this?
2: We bow have his number, let's not lie here.
3: Well, give him a ring for the crackers, right. it's easy there. <laughs> brr, brr. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> He's changed his accent.
2: <laughs> he's seen what's coming up and he's trying to be well, someone give, else. Give him a ring and see if he's the answer. We see <laughs> all, the right, all right, all right, all right, right. Hang on, hang on. Hello? We said Hello. we'd give you a buzz dance because to all intents and purposes, you are our Jedi master.
1: Yeah, yeah. sensei. Sensei, <laughs> yeah, vision. Sensei, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You both, you both had like smooth... Um, lives, <laughs> steady, steady careers, <laughs> yeah, yeah. regular oh, income, <laughs> regular income, and then I came along and fucked it all up.
2: <laughs> oh you know what these two lads want—a bit of carnage in their lives. The That's two, what the two
1: older boys from the Bishop. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Well,
1: let's call a spade a spade. I'm really talking about Eric. <laughs>
2: uh, will, I, sorry, will, I can, sorry.
1: will I can tell you where I met him first? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Just on that, like the whole the, the premise of Joy in the Hood is, um wasn't it supposed to be something around Willie really Force or something? Was that the intention
1: to film something around Willa? Yeah, so originally, Joy in the Hood was actually meant to be a, a documentary series about trying to do stand up comedy workshop series in Mount Joy, with a side project of of focusing on the areas where the people within the Joy were coming from, with with the the interest in making the point that most of Mount joy are coming from specific types of neighborhoods. And it's not because people are prone to crime. It's because the, the situation pushes people to crime The you know, the deprivation and the inequality, but obviously I knew Willa independent of a comedy and Willa is just a very naturally funny guy. Do you want to tell them? Well, I don't want to give away your, your anonymity. Do you want to tell them? No, met I,
3: no, I've not, I've no problem at all. I met Dez at a, at a 12-step meeting in, in Mount Joy Prison. So I, a mutual friend of ours called Jonathan May, who's still a mutual friend of ours, just a really, really nice fella. So Jonathan was the secretary of the 12-step meeting that was going on, and I just happened, by coincidence or by chance or by fate to be in prison at that time, and I met Dez, and me and Des, we had one thing in common that we, we were both fucking failed uh, drug addicts. Failed. <laughs> and this is this is where no, well that's <laughs> that's usually what happens. And, and and we met and we we spoke and and I got out of prison eventually and met up with Des. and and I used to see him around and we just kind of became friendly and started playing squash with Davey Dawn and and but myself, Pat's and Des' Pat's crossed and then Des's idea come up with. With Joy in the Hood, which was, you know, obviously about Mount Joy, what he spoke about, and he asked me to get involved, and about me coming out of prison and embarking on the world of stand-up comedy, really? as a as a prisoner. And, it was, and do you I,
1: remember? Do you remember? Because I I sat, I said, listen, this is the idea. It's gonna we're gonna do these workshops in the prison. I'd already met with John Lonigan, by the way. I had like it was we, were, we you know, but it wasn't guaranteed it was gonna happen. I said, but I really want to follow an ex prisoner on the outside, yeah, trying to make yeah. it as a state of committee. And do you remember what you told me? I don't, I don't remember us having a meeting in Pacino's. We went into Pacino's for food. It was food, Pacino's, yeah, that it we was, had meeting, was yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But you said, which I think was one hundred percent fair enough, was that you didn't want to do that because you didn't want to tell you know the whole world. You know, about your past and everything. Yeah. Which I, I uh, thought was Yeah. I thought
3: uh, was uh, fair enough. Yeah, and I know I kinda know where this is going, right? But it was kind of at that time. I was only new in recovery. I was about two years, you know, drug free and yeah. sober. And I was like I was going, you know, I was working for a company that knew nothing about me, you know, and and I was I I just wasn't ready yeah. at, at that time to do that. And come here, looking back now in hindsight. I, it was a great idea but I just kind of thought for myself that would have it would have fizzled out fairly quick and I thought for myself that I would have been branded this ex-criminal ex-drug addict comedian and that it would have fizzled out real quick and I'd have been just left there kind of fucked and going well what, where do I go from so here She would
2: have told me like a flash in the pan you'd have your 15 minutes of fame and then yeah, it just all fizzled yeah, yeah, out like Yeah, that, that, yeah. That,
1: that, that's what I thought now, maybe that, that But I think, probably... I, I think you were right I, I, I think that was like that was like a, a, a good concern and i i think that was like the right thing to express and at the time i i definitely wasn't like annoyed that you didn't want to do it no you weren't no no it didn't matter anyway because the the, the mount joy thing never was really going to happen uh and honestly the, the evolution then into workshops in the communities which was the main focus anyway the focus was always meant to be yes about lack of representation from these communities right which to be honest was all influenced by all my friends that Willa is talking about, like all these people, including Willa that were all coming from these communities and had to deal with these horrible childhoods and ended up in the criminal justice system because of poverty, yeah. right. That it evolved into the workshops in the, in the bad neighbors. And I, I literally picked Ballymun because of Willa. Yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah. Cause we, we were the pilot. We were initially yeah, the pilot right, scheme. Yeah. And I mean, like even like looking back at how far it's come since then and how far Myself and and Eric has evolved in the comedy circuit because of yourself, Like And I mean, people always say to me, "How did you get into comedy?" And I mean, your name comes straight up on the top of it. I say, "Well, I've done a program with a, a comedian called Des Bishop, and obviously everybody knows you." But I mean, I just kind of look back at it now, and even the guy, without even naming him, because I do, I I don't want to name him, um, that you you know that you stayed with in Ballymoon through that is just it's very very sad to see. What addiction, you know, does the people and and, and where it leaves them in these areas, you know, like in these working class areas, you know, stuff that's come from childhood trauma or stuff that's come from crime or whatever it might be that leads these people down these paths. But I always say, without a shadow of a doubt, that I am so really glad that me and you came to a common ground, that there was no arguments and there was no, ah, come on, because you never once... And I'll always say this about you: you never twisted me arm and went, "Come on, we should do this." Pressure it was like, on your leg. No, it was great because I felt really at ease because Des was like, "You make the decision on this like. Yeah, yeah. and and it was like, "Don't feel any pressure. Don't think that you know you're, you're under the cushion or anything like that." And I was kind of relieved when 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 I didn't do it, and then to see what kind of came from that when he came up with the idea then of going to Ballymun and doing this, this workshop and this thing because it was, it was a great piece of television. Incredible.
2: Like. And, and like, did you even, Des, when he came up with the, the, the new concept of Joy in the Hood and he said, right, the pilot episode's going to be in Ballymun, like, did you, did you feel even halfway through filming that, that, do you know what? I think we have a TV show on our hands here. We have a really good one. Or was it waiting until we get to the other areas to see if you had a series? Or did you feel it in Ballymore already?
1: I've always said about Joy in the Hood was that the experience that we had, all of us together, was a greater experience than what was represented on TV. But I think it's impossible to... You know, I think it, if I could do it all again, I would have actually said that we should have done like a few episodes in each area. Like I feel like you what we achieved not just us as in the group that we had but also like the community of Ballymon like the people that came to the show the people in the axis that that helped us out like the experience was a great experience it's impossible to get that across on on the television because at the end of the day the television you just have to have these like these like funny moments and we decided to do like a 26 minute program and it you know becomes like an mtv music video of of a month-long experience that we had a montage yeah 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 you know but in terms of like obviously I, i if you guys can remember the vibe of that night when we finally did the show and like how that it was only then i think that people understood that we weren't there to like rip the piss out of Ballymun. like it was it was like a laughing with rather than laughing at you know i think that you're always going to have skepticism in a community when you're coming in with tv cameras and you're at a community that's constantly being portrayed in a particular way all that stuff so but i remember thinking on that night that that was just something special that we did and i i think the the experience of the month together was a greater experience than the TV show itself. A hundred percent.
2: A hundred percent. And I remember, like, I remember filming bits that never actually made the cut in the end. Like, you know, it's going, ah, for fuck's sake, what about that bit there? That would have been great. I remember being on a horse one day, Des, jumping over the supermarket trolley. was great. Um, But um, the night itself of The Axis, when we did the show, like do you remember with the TV cameras there and oh, we knew man. we were about to do our first gig and the electricity in the axis and the the nerves I've never ever been so nervous before the gig and like and it's great Des that when we talk about like when me and Will I talk about how we get into comedy and people say how did you get into comedy we did Des Bishop's Joy in the Hood and like it's it's a nice thing to say to people. Not every comedian can say that their very first time on stage was televised to the whole country. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. well, not a, not a, not only
3: that. I remember Des brought me into Vicker Street one night, and he was hosting like a charity thing was on, and he brought me in and he goes, "Right, this is the story," you know. It's like. There's what the fuck is going on. (laughs) He says, look, I'm going to introduce you. He says, well, this show is on and you're going to come out here and you're going to do seven minutes. Nobody knows you're on. We're on the MC and I'm running shit here. He said, so no one's going to stop me. He says, I'm going to introduce you and come on stage. And I was like, you're fucking messing. He goes, no. He says, look, you're going to be fine. Everything's going to be okay. Just do the material you were doing, the joke about this and the joke about that. And I went, yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm standing there and Dara O'Brien is on there's Deirdre O'Kane there's all these big comedy acts and I'm just going what the fuck and then Des goes after this act I'm going to bring you on stage and he introduced you and I remember walking out to Vickers to the audience <laughs> in Vickers Street and I was like a rabbit in the fucking headlights and I'm like fuck this like give me the mic you know I have, yeah, have it, yeah like it was like you didn't
2: it
1: was di- no it was like do or die like yeah, you know Yeah, yeah. and uh, I, just I, remember,
3: remember
1: I just I don't remember that I just I don't remember I all I remember is that I regretted when push came to shove i regretted giving everybody a practice set beforehand cuz yeah. do you remember we all did yeah, a practice. We all went to the, the international. International. Yeah, yeah 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 and i kind of regretted that cuz i felt like we we didn't actually get on camera that very first set but at the same time when your first set's going to be televised, I think it's not fair to the performer <laughs> to like not have given them the chance to like, actually get some practice.
2: Yeah, and, and like you, when you mentioned that, like we did have a little practice in the international, and I'd never been to the international. And I remember you like we we were having a group outing, the workshop outing, Uncle Des is bringing us all to the International Comedy Club, and I was thinking, "Wow, International Comedy Club sounds fancy," and then walking into the (laughs) international and going into the room and going, "What the fuck is this? Sitting in a black
1: sitting in a black box."
3: (laughs) And I was like, "Is this is he for real? Is he taking the piss?" No, but you but you know what? And I know when I was of the same thinking when I came in as well. Well, oh, fucking hell, man, That what an amazing comedy club. Oh, yeah,
2: yeah, like yeah, when you, yeah. When you
3: When you look back at the time, like, when, you know, when Des and Aiden was there, and, I mean, you could be in there any you night, know, Jimmy Carr would come in, Eddie Izzard, uh, John Bishop, and you'd be just... It was like a selection box of comedians that would be just in town The Pixies in came then, around
2: one night as well after the show on the Olympia.
3: <laughs> <Yes>. un- un- <laughs> unbelievable, and, and, and what an amazing venue. Like, and even w- when you took us on tour with you, like, I mean... <laughs> I remember one morning me and you were sitting down the Hayfield Manor in Cork and I was having the best bowl of porridge I ever had in my life and I was staying in this room with a four-poster bed and like, this is a fella that's come from a fucking 8 by 6 cell in Mountjoy Prison and I'm down in the Hayfield Manor and I'm eating this bowl of porridge and I'm going, Pinching this it's just fucking, um- and one time we were in a jacuzzi down in uh, Sligo in the Radisson, in the rain. It was like September or October or something, and we were sitting there. It was like, what the fuck? Opulence.
2: It, yeah, yeah, it was just. Ah, great. Great. It
3: was brilliant, and and I always remember Dez saying, "Make the most of this, man. Make yeah. savor this, because yeah. this." is going to be gone in in a few months later. I I had
2: the very same experience with Des uh, I did the opera house with Des one night at the very start of my whole comedy journey and we stayed in the Hayfield Manor and I remember the little putting the golf yeah, yeah, putting yeah, machine yeah, yeah. and yeah. going this is incredible there's a but golf putting machine yeah yeah you. and then I was down in Cork three weeks later doing an open spot <laughs> in City Limits oh no or the, the other place and the half put, moon the half no not the half moon and then they put, they put me up in a hostel and I was in an- a <laughs> <laughs> and I was in a hostel with twenty other lads in the room after coming from the fucking Hayfield manor three weeks earlier with Des and Well that was the thing about the like like you the, the tour you went on Des after joining the Hub was called the Fitting In tour and you brought a few of the people from like, uh, from the show like myself and Willie and we were spoiled We were spoiled because oh, like, we were. like very quickly in our careers we were doing vicar street. The Cork Opera House, live UL, at the Marquee, live at the Mar, like
1: mental stuff. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah,
2: yeah. And we then, didn't. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, when the tour was over, we had to go back to being open spots. and I'm doing gigs in it was pubs like, of it was 12 like, people. It
3: was like it was like in a like <laughs> ghostly type of way that you were holding everybody's hand that was doing comedy with you, and next of all you just went and took the hands away, yeah. and you just kind of waved that everybody. Fly my please like,
1: fly my pretties, and
3: it was like. You, then you've
1: got to, then you've got to start digging your heels in. The thing about that is that, like, obviously, when you think about joining the hood, you go, you want to have this experience, right? You don't. I mean, I never thought about the after part. I don't even know how much the after part was my responsibility. But like, like you'd have to think, like, of all the people, just thinking comedy in general, right? Take the TV show out of it of all the people that do open spots like what's the percentage of people that actually stick at it and then what's the actual percentage of people that end up actually make having a career it's so minuscule yeah you yeah, know yeah, yeah and so it's kind of like i you you, you want to give like i always thought like i want to give these guys enough of a chance to like find out if it's something that they're interested in but like it's it's not you know you're you're just taking random people uh, at a moment in their lives and saying, do you want to take part in this project? You know, it, it's not like you're, you're saying to people, have you dreamed of being a comedian all your life? Like here's the beginning <laughs> yeah. of the rest of your life. So it, it, it's, it's hard to know how long you, you should like keep, you know, helping. But I mean, in terms of like Ballymun, it's a huge hit rate that you two guys ended up having a comedy career. That's like a high percentage. Yeah. We're very you, know? Lucky. Dean,
2: yeah.
1: you know, and, and Dean, you know, Stayed involved in like comedy and entertainment for quite a while, and um, what's his name ended up on Fair City that had nothing to do with me. But what Sullivan. I mean yeah. is that, like, that was like that's a pretty big amount of people that stayed somewhat working in entertainment.
2: Yeah, you mentioned you mentioned they uh, at the start of the conversation about uh the, the thing you said about careers, and I did have a good job, I was working in IBM. and Here's a little example about two years into the comedy, doing open spots, started to get paid then. Started to get little notions about myself going, oh, maybe there's something in this kind of thing. And I I would, like my dream then at that stage, having experience touring with Des and doing the workshops with Joy in the Hood, I was like, oh, I would love to do this for a living. I would love to do this for a living. And I won an award in IBM, a global sales award, right? And the prize was send me and the missus to Rome with all these other global, there was 30 global winners. They were all from Japan, Australia, America, Germany, whatever and uh, they flew us to Rome to the top hotel in Rome right stayed there for three or four nights every night they brought us out to a different restaurant it was all paid for when we came back to the room there was watches there was earrings on the pillows little gifts for us right unbelievable on we the last the right, night
3: we in the right room I was
2: yeah. <laughs> on the last night they said right we want us to dress as if we are going to a ball so he took me, stuck me tin of fruit on the missus stuck a dress on we went down there was 30 couples there was 30 horse drawn carriages outside the hotel they brought us through the hills of Rome up to a, a uh, a palace where we had a seven-course meal with opera singing, right? And halfway through uh, our dessert, the Mrs. Turner now and says, "If you think you're quitting this for comedy, you can." <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: I always felt. I always felt. I, I I was never comfortable when you took the package from IBM. Yeah, I felt like that was like I feared. That that would end up being like a bad decision in your life, and that I would feel responsible for that.
2: Ah, yeah. Well, look, come here, listen, Desi You know, look, you, 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 you can only hold a hand for so long, and then you got to fly by yourself, kind of thing. But I was, at that point, I was completely invested in comedy, and yeah. I was going, I am, I am, yeah. by yeah. hook or by crook, i got to make a, a living somehow. Exa-
3: it was exactly like me when I took the package from the lads in the North in the city and got four years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a different kind of package. <laughs> We're a different type of career.
1: <laughs> oh,
2: stop! That's just on you now. You're back in the states full time now, aren't you?
1: I mean, sort of full time. Sort of I don't.
2: Full-time.
1: I'm in denial about the <laughs> <it's a> full time <laughs> nature of it because you know. So what happened was obviously the pandemic happened. The, I I met Hannah, uh, Look at which you. Was, which is it great. Yeah, you know? and, and it was like a like a meant to be situation. Uh, but originally like even when we started talking about getting married and everything uh at that stage like it would have been necessary for us to spend at least a few months of the year in ireland because you know i have my career in ireland It was necessary for us as a as a as a couple you know when you're having those financial decisions but little did we know that hannah's career was going to completely take off to the extent that if we were to spend a lot of time in ireland during the year it would actually like cost us money as a couple, like without getting into the, (laughs) like it just basically Hannah is fucking killing it. Yeah. Absolutely killing it to the point where like, it doesn't make sense for us to spend a lot of time in Ireland right now. Now I still go back to Ireland, but I go back on my own. Like she, she's literally touring all over the United States every weekend. So I go back for my, my, my little bits uh, to make sure the house hasn't got, (laughs) <laughs> Burned down at Rialto stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. And uh you know, but I haven't been spending as much time there. But that wasn't like that wasn't like a decision I made in terms of like I want to spend more time in the States. That's just the way it panned out in terms of how myself and Hannah's life together has worked out, you know? Yeah, I'm at, when are you next back in Ireland, Des? Well, I was just there Yeah, for supposed to be three and a half weeks, ended up being four and a half weeks because I had a feckin' cancer scare, which is totally fine, but just the day before I left my doctor was like, oh, something showed up on that scan Oh Jesus! so I had to stay for an extra week which Jonathan May actually knew about, coincidentally enough when you mentioned him. So, uh, Anyway, uh, well, I'll go there, yeah? all good days. Yeah. Oh, good. Thank God. Yeah. Thank God, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I want to, you know, I prefer to deal with that shit in Ireland. Actually, that was a real moment actually where I'm in D- Dublin and the doctor says, you got to change your flight. You can't go back to New York. We need to get some scans. And the whole week I'm like thinking that I have cancer, but yet the whole week I was thinking, if I have cancer, Hannah will be coming over here. Cause I am not fucking dealing with this in the States, not just because of the hospitals, but also I was actually thinking, that if I'm going to be in the hospital, all the people I want, except for Hannah and Aiden, are in Ireland, ah, which is kind of weird. So yeah. like, I don't feel like New York is my home. Really, that's this is just wow. a place that's, that that's, I'm that's, that's living. That's strange. And stuff, I yeah. said that. I said that, to Hannah. I said if I'm fucking sick, I'm here. I'm here with the Gibneys. I'm here with my friends. Yeah. You know, I. I th- this is this is where I want to be. Wow. So and, that, it's, and, that, just, that, and
3: just and just and just Sorry, Des, to cut across you. But just to kind of let people know as well that you did have testicular cancer, would it be right and say in saying 2002, 2003 was it? Am, am I wrong? 2000, 2000, 2000. 2000 yes, yeah, so 2000 the year, um, yeah, the 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 year before I got out of prison, and, and I remember you. Yeah, I remember I remember seeing you in the Sunday World, and I remember reading about it, and then like. And I mean, just that in itself, I mean, because anybody that hears the bleeding word cancer, it's like, oh, Jesus, you know, and and whatever it might be. But for you to come back then again and to kind of think, oh, for fuck's sake, I'm sure, oh, come here, it, it must be frightening and it must be horrible. The,
1: the cancer thing's actually, the testicular cancer thing's part of the problem is because they freak out because there's cancer like on my chart. That's how it ended up being like a little dramatic there a couple of weeks ago, you know? Right. So, but the actual testicular cancer experience when I was younger, that wasn't really that dramatic. Really? You know? Okay. Like, I, I, I found, I actually found, I was going through, because I moved, I, I moved from the one house in Rialto to, to, to a smaller house. And uh, so I was actually, finally, it took me like a year to unpack, but I, very recently I was going through all old stuff and I found like all, oh, like I have a whole collection of like newspaper clippings. And I found some of the headlines from when I had cancer and it was like so fucking dramatic. Oh, really? You know? Oh my god, yeah, and like it's really testicular cancer is not a big deal, but the word cancer just has a lot of, you know, a, a lot of associations with it. But you know, it, it at the time there was like a couple of days where I really was freaking out. Do you know that the day I found out I had testicular cancer was a Thursday, and I was on in the laughter lounge, and I, I, I did, I did the laughter lounge that night. Wow!
2: After you found There's out,
1: no, yeah, no fucking way was I fucking. Lose, losing out on spots wow yeah. no, that's that's dedication no
2: right there that's dedication and right
1: I, jo- there. I i i joked about it that night in the old laughter the cinema yeah yeah we were just talking yeah. about
3: it earlier on yeah yeah um, anyway,
1: so anyway so yeah so it was uh, that, that that was fine but but funny that you bring it up that's part of why that week i had a couple of weeks ago in ireland was so dramatic
2: yeah and and like so that just came from a normal test as was it or was, or are you being micromanaged
1: I was getting an MRI on my shoulder because okay. I had like I had like pain in my shoulder, my yeah, neck. Yeah, that's right, Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's just so much easier to deal with uh, any any hospital stuff in Ireland. So I literally was waiting to get an MRI when I went to Ireland. It was a pretty routine MRI and in Afdea in Falcantal. Oh you know? yeah, yeah. And uh, I uh, then this this other stuff showed up in my arm. But anyway, it, it's totally fine. Good, good, glad. Yeah, then. I
3: know, he, I know, he, I know. He started walking the hospital the other night, believe it or not. Do uh, what? I started walking the hospital. I'm walking in the hospital down in St. Francis. That's your fu- job. I'm not a fucking doctor. It's voluntary, voluntary. No, I'm just doing voluntary hospitality. So it's just basically oh, going around you. and giving people cups of tea. And uh, the hardest part of the job was getting guard of vetting for it. Um, but when <laughs> I got there, once I got, once I got the guard eventing, um, everything. Every- <laughs>
1: <laughs> Willie, you're not allowed in the Willie, fucking. You're not allowed. Yeah, yeah. You're not allowed in the prescription <laughs> Willie, room. I can tell you that, <laughs>
3: <laughs> Willie. Willy shit, man. Uh, no, so they were like, <laughs> has a nice ring to it, doesn't it? And uh, no, so I, I started walk there on, and it's amazing. I started walk there on Wednesday night with another girl who's a solicitor, Natasha. Her name is lovely, lovely woman. She's been there nineteen years, walking voluntary, and. Uh, Come here. It's just going round, making people a, cu- a cup of tea, making sure they're okay, having a chat with them, and just having a having a chat with them, and knowing when to talk to them and knowing when not to talk to them as well. Like, Dude, there we be
2: sometimes scams. I'm not in the only to talk to you. Yeah, well, you
3: just come here. I'm good at. I'm good at reading people in any way. Like so, but come here. It's a, it's a great place. They were very, very good to my sister when she when she passed away. I done the the the, uh, the black toy event for them a few weeks ago down in the Clontarf uh, Castle so I hosted that for them uh, obviously charged them nothing I, I could never repay them with money for what they'd done for my sister in any way and I've always threatened that I'd do a bit of voluntary work and look it's only two hours a week every two weeks and it's just a small way of just giving a little bit back and just saying thanks and I mean my dad passed away in the one in Hartles Cross as well like so come here you know, just give a little Fair bit of a play.
1: Hannah thinks, Hannah thinks that Irish are obsessed with death. I'm they always are. fucking talking about death.
3: <laughs> we are, yeah, yeah. Well, no, come Hannah's here like, be, are, you, come you,
1: here. are you fucking talking about death again? Dez,
3: Dez, Dez, come here. There's more entertainment at funerals than there is at weddings at the moment. Oh, I, ask, I I got asked to do stand-up at two funerals about three weeks ago. And look, me—I'd never do stand up at a funeral. Did you do it? No, no, someone else did. Well, you did
1: at a fucking wedding. No, yeah, yeah, I I, I still, no, I I still, no. Weddings is a
3: completely different thing. But come on, a fucking funeral. But I mean, some funerals nowadays—it's like the the line up the lineup at Oxygen wouldn't have a patch on what's going on at the Irish funerals. It's like raves. But on. when
1: you think about it, think about all the weddings you've been to, all the funerals. The fucking eulogies are always better than the wedding speeches.
3: Oh, hundred
2: yeah, percent. What
1: was your joke? What was your joke that you said <laughs> at the at, at, at your dad's? Really? Were, yeah. you were you? You were Eric? You were there, right? Yeah, I was. Yeah, In, yeah. Fr- on Francis yeah. Street. Yeah. So it was like it was something about him being carried. I
3: said. I said. Uh, my dad would be really very disappointed today if he was alive, because my dad is usually used to getting carried out of places instead of into places, you <laughs> yeah. know, the way he was carried in, 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 the, uh, in the coffin. And
1: it's mad. Now, what'd you say I, about your ma? What'd you say about your mother? That was, I, I, that was dark, but that was funny, bro. Yeah,
3: my ma, ma was the only one that would be happy to see that my dad was gone today. She was delighted with, like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's mad because I've done I've done the eulogy at my uh, oh sorry at my, at my sister's uh, funeral I've done the eulogy at my father's funeral my mother isn't in great uh, space at the moment uh, she's very very ill so obviously I'm gonna do the eulogy at that. And I've made so what it, you're and saying I've is they're available for eulogies. Oh, well, so what, what what I'm basically saying is that I'm gonna do my own eulogy. So if I ever get sick in the future, I'm gonna record a video myself. Pre-record. And I'm gonna do my eulogy and I'm just gonna fucking blow smoke up my own ass for half an hour.
2: <laughs> I, I was a lovely man. <laughs> <laughs> I warned yeah. everyone
3: I came into contact.
2: With. I, lo-
1: I, I, I love I love eulogies. <laughs>
3: yeah, Jason Bourne's dad's eulogy was amazing as well. Were you at that? Oh yeah,
1: that was a good one. Yeah. That was right yeah. to be. We weren't allowed to. We weren't allowed to give the sign of peace because it was, COVID was about, was beginning. Oh, right. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah,
2: yeah, 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 yeah. We just <laughs> had to kind of just uh, give them a nod and a wink.
3: Just a quick one, Des. Are you back over in the new year for a show or have you have you got anything in the post or in the pipeline that's happening?
1: Yeah, well, originally I was going to, I was actually going to do a tour in 2024, but now I think uh autumn 2024 and winter 2025, I'll be doing like a proper Irish tour. Right, uh, right. So, to be honest, I just, I didn't have, you know what happened? Me and Mama kind of went longer than I originally expected. And then when me and mama finished and I was over here doing shows, you know, I just, I wasn't under in, immense pressure to have like new material. So I just didn't really get to the the place where I was like, it's time for me to do a new show in Ireland. So uh, 2024, 2025, I'll be doing a, a tour. Not exactly sure what it's going to be. I was thinking about calling it middle sage,
2: right? As a, nice. you know,
1: just a little bit of the wisdom of, of, of being, being old, but uh, older. I should yeah. say. Yes, but, yes. Uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll uh, see.
2: That's one thing you've always been good at. There's great names for shows. Yeah. yeah. Whether it be TV shows, whether it be stand up shows, like in the name of the Father Ah, oh, you just said the, the greatest. Yeah, name. but that wasn't
1: me. Oh, was that it wasn't me. All oh, right, then. That Sorry was uh, that. Jennifer. That no, no, no. It was Jennifer. <laughs> Jennifer um, came up with that from, uh, she was head of development of comedy at RTE at the time. And she actually came up with the the pun in the name of the Father. So that, that was a good one. But yeah, that that was her and uh do, do you know what I, so i actually recorded a special for youtube like uh, in in the comedy cellar that i'm i'm about to put up actually and it's for irish people it's about 65 70% new material but the idea behind this special is that it it's kind of for like an american audience in the sense that um i recorded it in the states and like it, it doesn't have any irish stuff in it that they wouldn't understand so i did re-record some bits that i had recorded back in that special i put up on an rt player uh, uh back in like 2017 but anyway how i came up with a name was myself and hannah went to the mtv music awards right? excuse
3: me sorry about yes. this yeah
1: and we ended up like in the in the tablet like we got a shot together so then all the irish gossip you know you know you know the ones yeah, like yeah, yeah evoke yeah. and all that yeah they all putting up uh Pictures of me and Hannah. I was delighted because it was a good picture. Actually, I was I was happy. With Hannah looked good, but obviously my biggest concern was that I I I look good. And uh, <laughs> they they put it up in one of those I can't remember which one of those magazines. And the opening line was, Des Bishop of all people was at the MTV Music Awards, <laughs> and and I was just laughing because I just loved the whole like passive aggressive thing of like of all people, you know, like
3: what's he doing here?
2: Uh, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> what,
1: what would he so, know
3: about music?
1: <laughs> so. Uh, I, uh, I called the special that's coming out on YouTube is called Des Bishop of All People. Ah, I like <laughs> brilliant. that, Des. That's brilliant. Brilliant, yeah. brilliant. But it's not like in spite of her, because actually I thought it was, f- I just laughed when I, I, I didn't care at all about that that line, other than it made me laugh, like the whole concept of saying, of all people, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, so I called the special Des Bishop of All People.
2: And what do you, what you think of Willa finally, finally doing his first solo show, Des? He's finally doing his first solo show, and he's selling. He's like Taylor Swift here now in Ireland. He's selling out everywhere. Um, and what's it called? Well, the, listen,
1: the white stuff. Yeah, I call it the white stuff. I have a, yeah, I have a pain in me fucking hole, <laughs> telling, me. telling fucking Willa to get the finger out. Yeah, me yeah, and I mean, has, Willa, yeah. Yeah. come clean. How many fucking years have I been telling you to fucking do your own show?
3: Too long, this. I mean, yeah, come on, too long, I, too definitely. Listen, too long.
1: one thing I wanted to say early on that we didn't get to because we started talking about other shit was, Willa was always a natural. Yeah. Well before I knew that Willa was gonna do stand-up comedy, I thought Willa was hilarious. And all of our mutual friends all thought Willa was hilarious. Willa was born to make people laugh. That's just who he is. That's his fucking personality. And I always felt that he should, you know, take that to the to the next level of you know a a proper show about his life now what he did what you do with that show doesn't matter i'm delighted that you're selling the tickets and that's the modern world you know i think the talking bollocks guys helped you out and i think that's fucking great yeah we all find we all find a moment where you connect with the right audience and that's actually you know what's funny just to circle it all the way back to joy in the hood the problem with uh comedy back then was you know it was very unrepresentative of working class communities right and back then you couldn't get an outlet right because there was only rte basically you know and that's the one the great the internet giveth and taketh positives and negatives but the one thing that it gives is it gave an opportunity for guys like the Talking Bollocks guys and then to have somebody like Willa on as a guest and put it out there and people hear their own voice back yeah. at them and they latch onto it and they go finally right and th- that's the great thing about the internet you know and that's the great thing about uh, what's happening now at Willa's ticket sales yeah you know?
2: it's propelled them I need to get on that Talking Bollocks podcast I put on i I'm after putting on a Liberty Hall show as well Des Willa's after selling sell now two nights I sold 43 tickets <laughs>
3: It doesn't it doesn't make a difference. But uh, yeah, but a, you gotta get on. You gotta you, you, No, he's listen, going on. You got on a new that. podcast. Listen, <laughs> yeah, yeah. listen, I got I, we were I was in the car the other week and I was talking to Calvin, so I'll be I'll be very friendly with Calvin because I used to know his dad and I know Terrence and Eric was sitting in the car beside me and says, Calvin got to get this guy in your pod, podcast mate he went not a problem yeah so well we're, it's we're not gonna, next September on. I'm, not, I'm okay. not worried about it come right here, now it's, listen it's, I, I have got no doubt at all man it's yeah. going to sell out yeah.
2: but come here listen it's great that we're doing that and I'm so happy so happy and relieved like Des I was on your case for a few years as well Willa. you got to be doing your own show you got to be doing your own show yeah, and yeah. I'm so thrilled now oh, that I you want, feel look
3: come here it, 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 it's like everything it's, it happens when it's meant to happen Like you know, it's like when I was on drugs for years and people were telling me for years you need to fucking stop taking drugs I'm going yeah I know you're bleeding right and then eventually you stop taking you see the it's, it's I the think right
1: you have line. to get wheeled out at the the open when you get when you get announced you need to be wheeled out like on a scaffold you can start the show you can start the show on a fucking scaffold the only way is know?
2: up We're the hoi best in a hard hat yeah yeah a hundred percent
1: and, and the, the the poster could be like a hellraiser you know but just needle, needles all coming out of your face
3: the Irish the Irish uh, acupuncture uh, yeah so your
2: your show's called the white stuff. It is. And mine's called Loller by Nature.
3: How did you find the transition from coming from like sell shows in in Dublin and anywhere you went that you were fucking come I mean, here, let's call it spade a spade you were fucking huge here. In, in my opinion one of the best yeah, yeah. comedians that that ever graced Air er, er Ireland. But I'm saying, how did you find the transition then, coming from Dublin to having a big, huge fan base and going over into playing in the in like the comedy cellar in New York? What was it like?
1: Well, I mean, you know, I had plenty of that experience like going outside of around doing festivals and stuff like that. We are just another comic, right. so that transition wasn't tough. The, the 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 great part, like obviously, when I go on the road in the states, as they say, and I play like Tampa, Florida. I'm playing to small audiences people really? don't know me really? i mean i get i get good size audiences in boston chicago new york you know cities where there's a lot of irish i can yeah. i can sell some tickets but like I, I i've done some pretty low uh audience shows around the u.s but for me it's exciting because you're you're like trying to find you know do, you're, do like, you feel like yeah, you're
2: starting again this
1: it's fresh yeah it's a freshness <laughs> to it i don't know it's 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 good fun actually because what happens is when you go to these cities where there's a lot of irish the irish come then the Irish are like laughing at stuff and then you can alienate the people that don't know what you're talking about. So in that situation, you're playing to this small crowd, but it's fun to just like literally you're you're stripped down to like shit that's just gonna make them laugh. That's fun. But then also the fact that I'm at the comedy cellar and I I play there all the time, that's just exciting. Being in the comedy cellar is literally like being at the cat laughs in its prime every single night because there's so many shows and so many comics and the audiences are amazing i mean the 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 comedy seller audiences are like the easiest audiences in the world oh really so like yeah that part is just like awesome that's just like so exciting but you get like no money right (laughs) right right right. Um, you're um, hardly getting paid but but it's great fun what does that what's Uh, the capacity they have four they have four rooms now okay okay. four rooms they're running at the same time so the original one is only like a hundred seater then they have the village underground which is like 250 and then they have a small room that sits seventy, and then a, a newer room that they're using in a bar of a of a bar that they own that has like another a hundred. They're just like they're just little comedy clubs. It's yeah. nothing like nothing fancy. And how many on the line up there's each night? It tends to be four or five plus a host, right. depending yeah. on the depending on the show. And uh, like I, the best comedians in the world are coming through.
2: That's what I was going to say to you. There's am I right in saying the comedy cellar is one of them places you to be sitting there, and next of all, Chris Rock walks out. Oh,
1: well, that happens all the time. I yeah. mean, I've had I've had at least ten. Long conversations with Kurtz Rock since I started working at the Comedy Center. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. Dave Chappelle, Ray Romano. Wow. Amazing. Yeah, all the, they all come through all the time. Amy Schumer's always there, but I, knew, I actually knew her uh, before anyway. And then, uh, I mean, uh, name another one. They all come through. Like, is there any
3: a, Irish acts in New York at the moment?
1: Yeah, well, you Did know, you uh, what's his name? Colum um, Tyrell. Colum, Colum Tyrell. Tyrell. Is that Over here. Colum Tyrell, as they say over here. And... Right? Uh, who else? Katie Boyle. She's not past the seller. Cullum is past the seller. Uh there's a few. Uh, oh, oh, and this guy David Nihill is uh d- has done well around the States. Uh, he kind of does like a, a little bit of the version of what I did in Ireland. Like he's got like a fish out of water perspective and it's it's doing very well. So he he's 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 uh he's got a good he's got a, a pretty good following now, actually. He's probably the most he's the most successful. He's definitely doing better than me. He's the most successful Irish guy in the in the States right now.
2: Brilliant. But the, the 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 challenge with America is, even though it is like let's say the the entertainment capital of the world in terms of countries and all that, like the traveling that's involved. Like, so yeah, when you had to traveling. You know, when you get you you you're talking about doing gigs in New York, Boston, Chicago. They're not like just jumping the car, drive down the road. You have to get flights well, and stuff. Like boston
1: I, you can drive but chicago oh there's a lot of flying man a yeah. lot of america that's why all these american comics are always doing fucking airplane material because you're always on a plane <laughs> like i am literally like the most anal traveling i've done so much flying like i got the whole thing down to a science anybody i'm larry david now when i'm like fucking flying like every i complain about everything everybody that doesn't follow the the plan you know so that that's just that's just what it is in the states you just got to fly
3: come here we ask most comedians that come on uh, that come on the podcast is, what is the worst gig that comes to mind that you have ever done and where you fucking died the death of Ron Massey?
1: Oh, I mean, the, the, the worst one always, it's the gig in Longford. When I was peeking out, I mean, I was peeking out. One of the biggest weekends I ever had, I did the INEC and then I was doing Longford and then I was doing Castle Bar, which is also a monstrosity. And the Longford gig was big. Sale, Longford Arms Hotel, Big sell, like, you know, whatever.
2: I think I might be in there, but see what that is.
1: A lot of tickets, bro. Yeah. Absolute nightmare show. Bad layout. The Albert Reynolds' brother, uh, John Reynolds' father, ran the gig. Lovely guy. Lovely guy. But the gig was a disaster. I, re- I recently met somebody that was at it, and they were like, wow, that was such a bad night. I was like, yeah, man, I always put it down as my, my worst show. I've never played Longford again.
3: And what would you what would you what would you say it was that went wrong? Was it the logistics, the layout with the room? Was it anything to do with the sound? Was it the people? Was it what was it like?
1: Oh, it was definitely the layout of the room. When you have a bad layout with eight hundred muck savages, no, I'm just kidding.
3: that. no, don't j- cut. No. I'm, I'm just I'm just
1: kidding. <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding. These long foot guys have a sense of humor. So uh, yeah, it was just and it was mayhem, man. Like it's, it's alcohol you know Roy, and then Roy. I remember another good gig I had in Vicar Street but finished badly was the transition from like my fitting in material into like it, the Irish language material so like early on before the Irish language show came out I was obviously already like living in Connemara and I was like learning Irish so I'm like started writing jokes about the Irish language but I'm all these fucking fitting in fans coming to my shows in fucking Vicar Street. And I remember one night, show went well, but at the end, it was a fucking drunk guy and I was doing the Irish night. He was like, yo, fuck off with the fucking Irish <laughs> Yo, fuck off. Like, we didn't come here to go to fucking school. Fuck off. <laughs> of course, I was was younger and like more like... Aggressive. You know, like... I well, reactive. You know, I, I Yeah, I was like reactive and like yeah. feeling like somehow that there's like comedy is like a sacred space. And I, I, I remember I, I, I got... I got in a bad mood with that guy and i kind of killed the vibe at the end of the show which was like unnecessary i mean obviously i couldn't the show was getting disrupted by the guy but uh but i i didn't i, I remember not dealing with a great except that it was fucking hilarious to tell us a story <laughs> but i i distinctly remember some of the fitting in uh, audience didn't love the irish language material but i think they were getting like ptsd of being fucking Bet around the place by some fucking, you know, some Irish teacher. Well, that was your that the, was your whole
2: uh, shtick with the in the in the name of the folly. Like you went down to a and you lived there, and you immersed yourself in the in the in the Irish language there. And that's why you pointed out that that's the only way and the best way to learn Irish is immersing yourself in it, not having a force fed down your throat. Yeah, hundred percent. But
1: teacher. it's it's tough if you became a fan of me because we were doing fucking. MTV Cribs Ballyman and fucking TVs <laughs> getting thrown over the fucking balcony and and that's like your shtick you know because like basically that's the humor of people going this guy's joking about shit that we know right and then the next thing you're coming out and you're talking about fucking conjugating fucking the verb to run yeah they're, they're not loving it they're, 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 they're finding that transition difficult which is fair enough like I'm, I, I, I totally think it's fair enough
2: This is a podcast with the Laughter Lounge, Des, and a lot of the the people in the Laughter Lounge have been sending in confessions of, you know from their lives and we, we read some of them out and we have a little think about them and have a little comment about them and this one this one here is when I was a teenager my best friend's ma was always giving me subtle hints that she fancied me and was always flirting with me as I got older she got less subtle one night I was staying in his gaff and after the college ball as I don't live in the city she woke me up for a little uh, rendezvous anyway it turned into a full blown affair and we were together for nearly a year booking hotels all the time getting up to no good we even went on a few cheeky weekends away eventually I met someone so we decided to end it a short while later my friend that offered me a job I couldn't refuse so I took it and I've been working there for five years My best mate nor is that now I was sleeping with my wife for over a year oh the stories I could tell them would you reckon wow well, yeah that's pretty tasty there's a lot of levels in that in that one
3: that was my well, the, that'd be my fucking dream as a teenager
2: <laughs> oh as a teenager yeah 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 jeez I'm not sure I could handle the anxiety though afterwards gone, oh my god oh my god
3: I wouldn't take the job that's for sure. would you not fucking no well he way. said it was yeah,
1: I definitely wouldn't message into a podcast with enough details that people <laughs> might, might be able to narrow it down. You're
2: actually right. Really, Ireland a fairly, yeah. Like I mean, if Ireland,
1: were... Ireland is not a big country, man. No, it's not. You
2: can get it's, away. With it's a shit village, the man.
3: It's a village. Everyone,
2: like, knows.
1: how many, how many people's dads have hired their their son's friend? Yeah, that's already. You know, I. You don't have to be fucking CSI. Dublin to fucking figure out that they're already narrowed it down to probably like 30,000 guys there's a lot of
2: people listening to this podcast now going hang on a second
3: he's walking for <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, yeah and oh god listen if if you are listening to this podcast and that was your confession and you're getting a hiding right now I'm really <laughs> I sorry, sorry. About that. I hope yeah, the yeah, ride was yeah, worth it
1: yeah <laughs> yeah that was a good ride uh, when I was 16 when I was 16 uh, I, I, I got really drunk in Ross Lair and uh, I had nowhere to stay and so this this guy I was in school with was like collecting glasses at the nightclub I was at, and he said you can stay at my gaff. And I went back and I passed out on the seat in the living room, and I woke up in bed next to his mom. Wow, legend! But it, it but it turned out that <laughs> you were It, it turned them. out that I I just like in the middle of the night just like got into bed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, she was like so cool. She was like, oh, you know, you got into bed and it was grand, I just let you sleep. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've done something similar
2: I was uh, after the, after Jodie was born the, the home birth after she was born uh, I went for a couple of drinks with our dad we went down the terrace with a few points came you back to the gaff went for a couple of
3: drinks with our dad
2: yeah with Jodie's dad no with Will's dad you mean it's dad oh to- <laughs> <laughs> I went, to, went for a drink myself. <laughs> went, oh,
3: what the fuck <laughs> that's what you said though
2: I'm sorry my wife's dad my father-in-law Willow Willow the Hatchet we went down the terrace few scoops came back and, uh, and I went to bed, went to work the next day, phone call after missus going, what the fuck were you doing last night? I said, what are you talking about? And apparently, I got up in the middle of the night, went to the toilet, and then got back into the room, walked across the landing, got into bed beside a man down, and shoo, hoosing him over, like, move over there, will you? Move over there. And the two of them were like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Screaming. And I just got up casually in my jocks and went back into my room, but I don't remember the bar of it, like, you know? Wow, it's amazing. Yeah sleep it's, it's, it's not you. i've had drink.
1: i i i have so many fucking embarrassing drinking sleeping stories all to do all to do with wetting the bed
2: oh t- t- tell us one tell us one
1: of so many man but us like, one. so the well one was that the the i won't say the family name but they're from ockham county Wicklow. wicklow's a boarding school in wection went back <laughs> went back to the went back to their house for the weekend and, uh, we got absolutely obliterated drunk and I, I, fucking wet the bed. Right. And, uh, it was so embarrassing and, uh, it was a great joke. I fucking wet the bed. <laughs> and, uh, so then they allowed me to come back like fucking six months later. And I stayed another weekend with them and, uh, and I'm still friends with this guy, by the way. And, uh, I fucking wet the bed again, oh! but I was so embarrassed that I tried to cover, you know, I changed the sheets and I threw I hid the sheets and I, I never I didn't admit it and I left but then I got a fucking phone call on the landline fucking yeah six you know like six hours later I was like did you fucking went to bed again just, very embarrassing I'd be
3: great if they let just, you go back to tour tonight be look like that Scottish band where 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 uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you would be going sick of leaving in the morning <laughs> but it might
2: not have been
1: a bad time but I had so, I had so many fucking wet the bed oh god it yeah, so, yeah it was so
2: embarrassing that's that's, that's alcohol for you yep you know, yeah. it really it and we were all the same myself
1: people. and my two brothers man yeah Where when were we were we? all drinking at the same time like <laughs> on a Sunday morning we would be like a fucking hairdresser all the blow dryers going off <laughs> <to> fucking <laughs> Below, trying to match us before my mother found out. It's, it's not even. It's not even a joke. Oh, like, I, I, I got to the point where I, I started like sleeping on the floor just in case. <laughs> we Neil, wet floor Neil, is Neil, to clean. Do you
3: remember Neil Hickey used to do a joke years ago? He used to say I used to piss the bed that much in the bunk beds. There was a down pipe and a gutter up the top, <laughs> 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 with a bucket at the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant.
2: Oh yes. <laughs> This man here is responsible for me and you doing what we do. It's yeah. responsible almost that we're sitting here doing a fucking podcast together with the laughter lounge. If it wasn't for Des Bishop, we would not be here. Definitely. No. Well, yeah, we,
1: definitely. That's a, that's a, that's a, we don't know. It's we, a maybe.
2: It would be highly unlikely, Des, I'll be honest with you. It would be highly unlikely. Um, you gave us a break. And I know we had to kind of seize it from there on in. And we've done all right. We've done okay. We've yeah. a lot yeah, You guys, guys, lot yeah, you guys to are star
1: pupils. <laughs> yeah, look pets. at come here.
3: We, we, we look at come here. When you have a great teacher, great things happen. Yeah. Uh, I I have to say that. Come here, I love you. You're a friend of mine. I don't see it as much as I'd love to see it. It's um, in the Hamptons? Not, I understand that. We was home for four and a half fucking weeks. <laughs> um, I didn't even know you were home.
1: You're you're my Kung Fu Panda, bro. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, but come here. Listen, without blowing too much smoke up your ass, you know that I love you. And and uh, come here. I'll be fucking. I'll be lost without you. I don't yeah, know, yeah. Things oh, Jesus be happening,
1: Christ. I'm going to fucking cry here. Don't, don't, don't,
3: don't.
2: <laughs> Des Bishop, you are our our Jedi Master. We we love and respect you for all you've done for us and for giving us this beautiful career. Um, And it's been an absolute honour and pleasure to, to, to talk to you. And we, we hope to see you very soon in Ireland again when you're ripping up theatres and venues as, as you normally do. Yeah, definitely.
3: 100%. Yeah,
2: Thanks I can't, so much,
1: man. I can't wait. I can't yeah. Great
2: stuff, and I'm glad you're all right after that little health scare. Des Bishop, it's I been know. an absolute pleasure. We'll talk to you again very soon. Say Thanks hello so to Hannah for us.
3: Yeah, please do.
1: Thanks, lads. Thanks, man.
3: We love
0: you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen